When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Penn football gets three commitments yesterday, and I'm not even sure that's the number one story from what happened on Sunday. Ryan Snyder was a whirlwind day of commitments, prospect watch, camp watch, all kinds of great stuff. How you doing this morning so far, Ryan? Doing well, man. Week one, weekend one, I guess you would say, of a fun four weeks for Penn State football fans. Obviously, this is uh, this is the busiest week or busiest month of the year when it comes to recruiting. So this is when we get uh, our company gets their money's worth, right? You know, for, for, for our payroll, at least uh, this is, this is when we get to work. So it was good, man. I thought yesterday was a pretty good camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. You know, obviously this weekend worked out great for Penn state, three new commitments, first uh, defensive line commitment, which was really needed. Uh, obviously another offensive line, we're going to get into all of this, but um, you know, I think if you're Penn state's coaching staff right now, you, you're really happy with how it played out. Yeah, that seemed like it was a very fruitful weekend. Um, we, we might not even get into like reaction from some of the other players that didn't commit because there's so much stuff going on today. So make sure you subscribe to BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for all that information. Uh, getting reaction from official visits from guys that uh, very important players, but didn't, you know, as, I, as we just said, didn't commit yesterday. We're going to be focusing on those guys today, but more information coming. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Uh, and of course, subscribe here on our YouTube channel where we we went to an impromptu live show yesterday, Ryan. We had so much stuff going on uh, that we, uh, the regulars, we, we didn't put out the bat signal early enough, so not everyone got here. But hopefully you got all the information from, uh, you were looking for from yesterday's show. You can check that out. Friday show. We've had three recruiting shows within the span of four days. Let's start with... Um, yesterday's first commitment and this is a very quick rising offensive line prospect from florida Derek plaz uh so you had a chance to speak to him just briefly i think yesterday um how do you feel like this one went down can you give us uh kind of the full picture on how his recruitment went down because this is a really quick recruitment from what i understand yeah i mean speaking with him is not how I would phrase it. It was more of, hey, I'm running to camp right now. I want to get a quote in the story. Can you text me something? That's <laughs> kind of really how that worked out. So I, I'll be honest, I really haven't interviewed uh, Derek yet. You know, we'll we'll circle back to that when things slow down a little bit later this week. Um, but look, I mean, he came on, came up here, just hit it off with the staff. I mean, you know, obviously he, he was only offered, uh, you know, what was it, uh, a handful of weeks ago, right? So it, was, it, it is a quick commitment uh i was a little surprised at how quick committed just because you know you look at some of the other visits he's taken you know there's clearly a very strong relationship with nc state you know he's visited there three or four times uh you know duke miami but obviously penn state's also just a a cut above those programs you know when it when it comes to you know just just their stature in college football right now so Mm -hmm. uh give a lot of credit for trout line for for turning that one around quickly 
true five position guy. You know, we were listing him yeah. as a as an offensive tackle right now, but six four, two seventy five. A lot of similarities, um, you know, from what I understand, kind of to to, to Donko, uh, where where he could, you know, truly play all five positions. So he's a guy, you know, and <laughs> we're going to do the same thing with Dewan Lane, right? Like Dewan Lane doesn't talk at all either. So you know, he's a guy that hopefully um, down the road a little bit, you know, for for subscribers, we'll have a little more interviews with and things like that. But uh, yeah, a quick turnaround, and I, I was really surprised with it, uh, just just because he, like I said, those relationships with other schools. Uh, we're, we're much more formed or compact or whatever you want to call it. Um, boom, comes up here and, and it's over. Yeah. Um, a lot of interesting, something I talked about yesterday during his commitment breakdown was NC State, great developer of offensive line uh, recruits. Duke, obviously great academics. Miami, another football school. But Penn State, a good blend, I think, of all of those things. And, and Phil Troutwine's reputation as a developer of talent clearly starting to come through in certain areas. And I think an up and coming guy like Plaz who has good physical ability, it's, it's, I think it's a big win for Penn state to get a guy like that. Um, when it's that kind of mad rush here at the end, uh, in terms of his fit, I think you make a great point about you've got two tackles on the outside that are pure, like tall, long, they have the, the pure tackle build, but then Plaz can play on the outside, good length, good movement skills, but can kick inside. That's the sort of versatility that I think from the class perspective allows him to fit so well and make him an easy take for this offensive line. Six offensive linemen now in the class. Um, how do you see this going forward now with presumably one tackle spot left? Is, is that, would, would that be how you describe that? Yeah, I mean, well, hey, Caleb Brewer worked out as an offensive lineman yesterday, right? So I think, yeah, I think uh, we we got a better idea. And again, I mean, I, I thought to clarify with Brewer, like, you know, I, I would always say it was most likely he would be an offensive lineman. I think ideally, just when I talk to people like Penn State, would love for him to be a defensive lineman, and how he performs this year. Uh, you know, for, for his senior season, will have a big impact on that. But him him working out as an offensive lineman yesterday wasn't wasn't a big surprise. Um, and we, you know, we'll I'll have to reach out to some people to get a better feel for you know how he well and how he tested and things like that. But uh, to, to answer your question though, yeah, I mean, I, I would look. They're not going to pass up on a Gerby Lambert, right? And even Kevin Haywood. You know, there's a lot of talk with with Wisconsin and 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 Haywood coming out of this weekend. We'll see. But you know, there are certainly a handful of guys. That they're not going to pass up on. Uh, Ethan Calloway is another one. He's coming up here in uh, in two weeks. So, yeah, I mean, if they can if they can land one of those top offensive tackle prospects that they really uh, have been recruiting for a long time, I don't, I don't see them passing that up. But at the same time, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if this is if this is your your five, you know, plus potentially Brewer six uh, offensive lineman in this class. So, but there's there's a lot of guys still out there, and yeah, you know, they're not going to give up on Kevin Haywood no matter what happens. I'll tell you that. So as it stands right now, how do you feel about this class, given what we what we know now uh, and, and kind of how all the pieces fit together? What, what do you see? I think Egan Boyer is one of the most underrated guys in this class from talking to people. And they absolutely love Egan Boyer. And he's a guy that uh, I don't I don't know. I don't believe we have too many testing numbers, but that, you know, he's a guy that I know Charles Power and I have talked about a, a good bit of someone he's going to be watching closely in the months ahead. Uh, Garrett Sexton, we've talked how many how many how many times we talked about Garrett Sexton? I mean, the, Quite a bit. the potential is through the roof, right? But he's yeah, I think he only played offensive line for what a year now, right? So he's a guy that I don't know high high ceiling that without a doubt, you know, where's his floor? I, it's kind of hard to say still. 
Cooper Cousins is Cooper Cousins, right? You're probably the 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 known commodity in this class, mm-hmm. right? The guy that mm-hmm. uh, probably your safest bet in a lot of ways, right? You know, uh, as far as his floor and and you know, yeah. I, I absolutely expect Cooper Cousins to be a multi-year uh, player at Penn State, and then Donovan Harbor, as we've hit on multiple times, right? Sophomore Donovan Harbor, junior Donovan Harbor. There's a little bit of a different player there. Um, you know, I think Penn State wants him to come in, lose a little bit of weight because, man, we saw before he added that weight how well he moved. And not that he doesn't move well bigger, but, you know, Penn State would rather him, um, you know, just like I said, trim a couple pounds and, and move as well as he did when he was younger. So uh, I, I think it's a, g- a good class. I mean, right. I mean, I don't know if we can compare it to last year's class. It was all four star players. Right. I mean, Chimney Ono comes in late and, you know, um, really rises. But I'm really curious to see where Egan Boyer ends up because I feel like Egan Boyer is the one guy in this class right now that um, is really kind of being slept on a bit. I think Sexton, Cooper, uh, Donovan, they're all rated pretty properly. And then Caleb Brewer, too. Like, let's see how he does this season, you know, how he develops as a defensive lineman to an offensive lineman. And then I think you can give a better answer on what what, uh, Brewer's potential is. Yeah, a great point about that in terms of Garrett Sexton being, um, prop, I think, probably rated by on three. Overall, still a little bit of a, a dark horse. This is a group of players, though, that a um, little bit underrated, a little bit uh, in terms of like under the radar. I think you make a great point. Speaking of under the radar, uh, Dewan Lane <laughs> commits to Penn State. I doubt you have any more information than you did previously based on what you just said earlier. But um, Penn State gets us off safety commit. I said this the other day uh without much drama but is that is that the way you would describe this without knowing like the behind the scenes stuff and, and i can't i can't lunch? describe anything i don't know anything <laughs> about like, there's no you know when you sent me the rundown earlier today i was like i i don't know what we're gonna say here he doesn't you know he just he just hasn't really done any interviews or anything like that you know what we know is uh that he's been coveted by the staff for a long time uh love they love his length uh, we talked about on the other pod the other day, you know, Dex loves long safeties who, who can move and Dewan Lane fits that perfectly. So uh, outside of that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that I have to go down to Gilman at some point uh, to sit down with. And, and maybe we can do that a little later this summer and get a better feel for things. But, you know, it's it's <laughs> I know he went to Notre Dame in April, uh, Penn State last November, did a, did a road trip with Southern schools last summer. And man, outside of that, I don't, I don't know if anybody can really uh, pinpoint, you know, that they know the ins and outs of this recruitment. It's just the one of those guys who just, yeah. And Hey, I totally respect it. Right. Like it's, I can only imagine what it's like getting calls from all those coaches and texts. I mean, Penn state literally texts their top guys like every single day. So then yeah. when you have someone like me bugging you for, <laughs> for quotes and interviews, like I, I totally understand why uh, some guys aren't into that. So hopefully, uh, like I said, well, I mean, he's definitely going to be a guy we go and watch uh, a game this season. You know, yeah. hopefully I can get down to Gilman before that and sit down with him and, you know, learn those details. On Sunday, in the afternoon, Penn State picked up one of the guys we've talked about the most at defensive tackle, I think. Xavier Gilliam commits to the Nittany Lions. Uh, another interesting positional ranking here. On three ranks him as an edge. Six foot two, 260 pounds. Uh, 49th overall player in uh, the edge class. 19th in Maryland. 755th player nationally in the industry ranking. And if you can see here on the YouTube channel, uh, on three a little bit lower than that on him in terms of his overall ranking in our internal rankings at 69 overall instead of 49 overall. But Penn State uh, really likes Xavier Gilliam from what you and I have uh, had this conversation about. So um first defensive tackle on the board 
despite being an edge. How do you see this fit? How do you see how he, you know, came to Penn State? Well, that first off, I mean, his profile is going to get changed here. Uh, okay. I was already talking to him about it this past week. Uh, you know, we learned Gilliam committed Saturday night during dinner. So, you know, Saturday night and the Sunday, we're, we, I was working with our database team trying to get that changed. It's just the way it works to change that stuff. You, you got to, with all the, you know, the rankings, right? You got to move guys around. It's just not as simple as, you know, changing his profile to, you know, D-line instead of edge. So it, it's going to get changed here, I think, in the, in the, in the coming days. But, um, you know, Gilliam has long been that guy that, that Penn State just turns on the film and, and they love it. And, and that's the that's the one consistent thing that everybody's been telling me is, you know, look at his size, 6'2", 260. You know, I think people think, oh, he's a little undersized. Uh, but the, the kids just has that chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's they, they love everything about, you know, who he is as a player, you know, flipping that switch and, and really getting after it. I mean, I've had so many people because I, I know I always ask him, like, you know, you got Benedict Ume, you got all these other top ranked guys like is Xavier someone that you would, you know, wait on or ever? And I always get like a, a, you know, like, why would we ever do that? You know, like just kind of right. question me. And obviously they know more than, than I do. You know, we have highlight films. They have uh, massive amounts of complete game film. So they, they get to see a lot more than we do, of course. But uh, no, I mean, they, they Xavier was always going to be a take no matter what. Penn State's really happy to get him on board, you know, talking to him yesterday. Uh, you know, he, he was saying about how he's, you know, excited for Deion Barnes, excited to be his first commitment. Uh, and excited to get recruiting now for Penn State, too. I think from a personality perspective, Xavier Gilliam could very well end up being one of the best recruiters in this class, just the way he is, uh, you know, with, with the media and things like that. I wouldn't say he's, you know, uh, an aggressive personality. He was just going to be going out of his way. But uh, as he gets to know more of these defensive linemen, you know, I expect Xavier Gilliam to, to to be somebody popping up in, you know, a future interview with whomever, uh, you know, as, as somebody he, that he spoke with a lot. Uh, you did see him in person at the Under Armour camp, and I do want to get into this because there has been some conversation since then about a little bit smaller than we were expecting. So can you go into just kind of what you saw and what you observed uh, at that camp? Yeah, he's 6'2", 260. That's what we have him listed at. You know, if you look at uh, some other guys, you know, who are usually 6'3", 6'4", 280, you know, just just from that perspective, just not not quite as tall uh, as some other guys. But um you know, I don't. I don't think there's really much more than that. I don't think Penn State really cares about that. They they see a mm -hmm. player who's uh, very well technical or <laughs> very good technically. Excuse me, I'm yeah. exhausted. Uh, and they and you know you know they they see he fits the program really well and a lot of those other things. So I don't. You know, we we talked about a little bit. It just I thought he was a little taller than what he was, but I don't think right. Penn State really cares about that at all. Every time I brought it up, it's you know, it's, it's, it's not really a, a discussion with them. So they're, they're happy to have him. And, uh, you know, at Under Armour, he worked out as an edge. So we didn't really get to watch him as much as what, you know, what he could bring as a, as a defensive line or, you know, interior defensive lineman. So you know, I don't want to put a ton of stock in the Under Armour camp because again, he was, you know, trying to rush off the edge and do spin moves right. off the right end. And, you know, that's just not what we're going to see down the road. Yeah. I think uh, a couple things, point out that kind of jump out to me when watching his film originally and I'm excited to as you said to dive into as much of his full game film as possible because what stands out to me is like this is a traditional Penn State defensive tackle prospect where he's a bit of a tweener at the high school level he plays uh, mostly on the interior but um he is going to grow into being a defensive tackle he's got the movement skills he's got the 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 fluidity of his his uh 
you know, overall athleticism. I really like this as that three technique. Uh, you know, as you can see here, this is a bit of an older, uh, he's 6'2", 260, as you mentioned, but uh, critically 33-inch arms. So we talk about height, we talk about length all the time, and he has elite length for the interior. And you mentioned great technically, uses his hands really well. And when you have that combination of great pad level, strength for his size, technique, and arm length, you get a guy that's going to dominate on, on film. And, and that's what you see here on his highlight film where he is almost unblockable. He's got the size, the penetration, everything you want from a Penn State defensive tackle prospect. It's going to take him some time to grow into his body. But uh, I've been a fan of Gilliam for a while. I was a little bit nervous when, when you're like, hey, he's not quite as big as we thought at, uh, at the Under Armour camp because he's right on that line of 6'2". But the length is the thing I think that confirms this, that he is absolutely a defensive tackle prospect. And Penn State gets uh, one of their top prospects on the board to commit and uh, and not take any other official visits. So this is, a, I think, a huge gift for Penn State to start this class. Um, where do they go, I guess, from here? Because uh, there's a lot of good guys left on the board. There's a lot of names that they can uh, they can they can draw from. How do you feel like Penn State has positioned itself out of the first weekend? Well, I'd be curious to see Mars Williams. You know, he, he North Carolina defensive lineman came up this weekend. Hearing a lot of positive talk about that visit. Uh, he is going to go to Florida here soon, and and we'll we'll have a better feel after that Florida visit. But uh, you know, there was there was a lot of talk uh, Saturday night, Sunday about you know, Morris Williams potentially being the guy that Penn State helped himself the most this weekend. So I think he's absolutely a name we'll keep an eye on. You know, I'm certainly trying to, to do an interview with him here uh, in, the, in the coming days. Uh, David Polly Polly, of course, was up this weekend as well. You know, I still kind of think he's going to end up at Michigan. Uh, family supposedly, you know, really enjoyed their time up here. And, and you know, Polly Polly would fit Penn State really well. The, the issue is when Michigan's the team you're recruiting against, like they're they're very similar schools and what they sell and, you know, they're yeah. they're – their, you know, their, their vision, I guess, for, for players. So we'll see, you know, he's going to Michigan this upcoming weekend. We'll get a better feel after that, but you know, you got Benedict Ume out there. He's still the, the, the white whale, right. You know, the, the one you're, you're really pushing for and you, you need to get in this class. Nigel Smith, I think is being recruited more as a defensive end six, four, two sixty five though. Like it doesn't, you know, he, he's to me, he's more of a, an interior guy, but uh, I, I think he wants to play edge and that's how Penn State's going to recruit him. So of course he's the, uh, you know, four star prospect out of Melissa, Texas. He'll be up uh, this upcoming weekend as well. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, interior guys that are still out there. Deandre cook too. I didn't mention Deandre mm -hmm. cook, of course, uh, from DC cook was the one at, at the under armor camp. And I think stood out to Sean and I the most just because of, well, I want to say stood out to us the most, but just during one-on-one drills, you know, he actually played as a defensive lineman and, and right. was probably one of the best interior guys at that camp. But, um, you know, there's plenty of guys. Look, they need to get at least at least two more interior guys. I think they would take even three more interior guys uh, if the chips fell properly. So this is a year where they need to stack up on D-line talent. You know, the, the thing it always comes back to, though, is, you know, if you look at the board right now, like Ume is the only, like, top top of the board kind of guy and and those are the the kind of difference makers that i know penn state's been been searching coveting for for years now so you got to get ume i think it's incredibly important you have to land him they have a great tradition or a great um history with with recruiting canadian players and developing canadian players so they got to use that to their advantage you know they have he goes to a school where they have good ties at avon so uh, man, he's in, he's incredibly important. If you can get him and, and fill it in with an Amaris Williams 
uh, or DeAndre Cook, I think you're, you're really happy uh, with, with the way things play out. All this recruiting talk. You know one guy I know that would love recruiting talk, and that is the sponsor of today's show and the sponsor of the BWI Recruiting Show, uh, Andy Ludicky, and he is the owner and operator of My Perfect Franchise. MyPerfectFranchise.net is a franchise consultation company that if you're looking to uh, build a legacy, maybe get out of your current job, maybe you're a corporate executive that is tired of everything that comes along with being a corporate executive and you want to have a little more uh, independence in your life, a little more flexibility, a little more control over your financial future, this is what Andy wants to do for you. He is a uh, longtime Rivals 247 and now On3 message board member. He's been with, uh, with Shannon Terry, the owner of the company, since the very beginning. And back in during the pandemic, during 2020, with all the disruption that happened, all the layoffs, all the confusion, he saw a lot of guys just like him that were in a situation where they didn't know what was going to happen with their future. So in order to take more control of that, something he had been doing in his life is franchise ownership. And uh, he decided he was going to help people. And so literally this company grew out of the message board community. So if you are Blue White Illustrated message board member, this is somebody that knows and relates to a lot of who you are and he wants to help you if you're interested so check out my perfect franchise andy ludicky franchise consultant extensive experience now placing people with a perfect franchise to manage based on their information income uh interest you know because what you're going to do your best job managing something in a company that you either know about or you're interested in so he can help you with all those things call him at 404-973-9901 or andy at myperfectfranchise.net you can also talk to him on the bwi message board so if you respond to the thread for this show and uh you tag him in the post you can uh, get in contact with him you can message him there as well he wants uh to talk to you and uh, we appreciate him sponsoring the live show. Okay, so that's half of what happened yesterday. The second half of what happened yesterday is Penn State's uh, first camp of the summer. The guy we came in checking out in terms of this is this is somebody we needed to follow because uh, of the storylines going around, Peter Gonzalez. So, uh, Ryan, please set up for us why Peter Gonzalez was important yesterday for Penn State recruiting and why it was an important day for Gonzalez. Well, they need wide receivers. Let's start there, right? It's uh, right. you know defensive defensive line and receiver are probably the two most important positions. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, still out there. Um, you know, Peter's recruitment. I feel for Peter because he's a great player and he had a pretty bad knee injury his sophomore year. Missed a good chunk of that and then uh, missed the beginning of his junior year. Really came back strong though last year. Uh, really played well down the stretch. I thought and. You know the, the the big question was speed, right? Like, what what does he run? You know, he runs track this year, puts up some good times. Um, you know, but but this I think it was his first year running track, so you know nothing like a no ten sevens or anything like that. But um, but long story short, he goes to the UA or the, excuse me, the UC report camp in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago. Miserable conditions, right? I mean, rainy, windy all day. Runs a four five and. Boom, you know, really, I'm not going to say Penn State didn't have interest before because he's been up here multiple times. I mean, Terry Smith's, you know, been recruiting him for a long time. But I think getting a, a valid, verified time 
really kind of uh, helped in, in this recruitment. And I'm sure it's going to probably other schools are going to notice as well. So long story short, comes up to Penn State yesterday, pretty much repeats all the times that he had uh, at that UC report camp. Uh, yep. I thought he looked pretty well during field drills. You watched him a little bit more than I did. I think I sat in my car half the camp yesterday <laughs> writing uh, Xavier Gilliam stories and notebooks and things like that. So, you know, obviously you got to watch more. Uh, than I did yesterday. But, you know, when it comes to the testing perspective, which I think is uh, a large chunk of what Penn State wanted to see, uh, he did pretty well yesterday. I mean, all those times were pretty much backed up with uh, what we saw at the UC report, ran another four or five-ish again. Um, yep. You know, I, I don't have the actual triple triple jump numbers. I know he had the best triple jump, uh, which measures explosion, right? And uh, I mean, yes. the, the broad jump, triple jump are always really uh, important drills. Uh, and I know he was the, the top of the board there too. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll get some feedback from uh, you know sources of whatnot on how he did and how Penn State uh, saw his on-field work. But you know, from what we saw, I think he had a pretty good day. Yeah. Um, the the only thing, and if you're watching on the YouTube channel, the only drill where I thought he kind of showed a little bit of weakness was um, you know that square drill where they're measuring how well do you turn and how well do you do like a 90 degree cut when you're if you're coming and doing an in route or an out route you have to be able to stop hard and turn and um, that was really the only area where I, I thought he showed really any weakness in his game because if you watch it on film and I apologize I don't have his film uh, his huddle film up here but explosive football player off the line of scrimmage for as big as he is 6'2", 198 pounds physical player. Um, and he showed all of that. And then with the with the 40 time, to me, that that was um, the only question, as you mentioned, coming in of, is he a Penn State prospect? Is he a guy that can can play at Penn State? And with with the, the knee injury and coming back from that, uh, I thought he did an excellent job. Good hands, big hands, too, which I think is really important. And then, uh, as you saw there at the end of the show or at the end of that highlight video, um, he would, did a private workout with Marcus Higgins to... Um, to uh, kind of go over some other stuff. It seemed kind of get some catching drill stuff working afterwards. So good sign for him. Another thing that I thought was a good sign, you and I were uh, were watching the one-on-ones. Suddenly, Peter's not, he's not competing anymore. And he's standing over talking to some of the Penn State players. Uh, so it seemed like he was, uh, you know, put up 140, did a great job, uh, did a, two or three one-on-ones did a good job and it seemed like it was an excellent day for Peter who has a an official visit later this summer so I guess the transition from he he did what he needed to do on Sunday to I think be in serious consideration we 17 commits in the class right now Nick Marsh has an RPM pick from Chad Simmons in um, for Penn State another big-bodied wide receiver how many big-bodied guys are they going after this year, knowing that they've got uh, almost all of their targets are still on the board, even if all of their targets are committed to other schools right now? Right. I mean, I mean, Chance Robinson, right, uh, yeah. comes up this weekend. You know, I haven't interviewed Chance yet, but uh, certainly a lot of good feedback from that. He's committed to Miami at the moment, uh, but I think Florida is also very much in the mix there as well. So he's a guy that I think uh, – I mean, I'm hoping I can get an interview with him here in the next 48 hours or so. But I think in the coming days, uh, or excuse me, I'll say a couple couple weeks, uh, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a good feel for that. I mean, I, I think he's committed to Miami. 
But I think there's a real chance he could flip. And I'm not saying it would definitely be Penn State. Like I, I the talk I've had with people is that Florida's very much uh, in the mix there as well. So just something to keep an eye on. But they love Chance Robinson, great kid. You know, we talked about this on Friday, right? I mean, he's they they think he's someone who would really fit this program well. And him and Nick Marsh are, are absolutely um, you know, those those top two guys right now. And Peter Gonzalez yeah. is certainly moving himself into that discussion. Uh, you know, you have Dre Hawkins as well. You had Jalen Hornsby, yeah. who was just up this weekend. I'm actually going to interview Jalen here uh, in, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Wait, pretty, basically, as soon as we're on with this podcast, I'm going to speak <laughs> with him. So we'll have that uh, coming up, um, you know, later later today. J- Jalen's very much in the mix. There's there's a few others as well. Um, but I, I think, I mean, there's another one where I think they'd really love to take four. Uh, but you're getting into a situation now, right, where your class is filling up. you got 17 yeah. commitments and you know, I could Taking, realistically see 10 more. Like 27 is a realistic number. Could they get to 28? That wouldn't shock me. You know, anything beyond 28 would, would be pretty surprising. So, you know, we're talking about three, four wide receivers, and, you know, they still don't have it. They need at least one or two edges, probably two more D linemen. Well, there you're talking about seven or so players alone, and, you know, they, yeah. they could use another safety. They could use another linebacker. We're talking Troutwine wants another uh, tackle. You got 10 uh, offensive you know. linemen making it hard to get some other positions right. in this class. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, Jameer Grimsley's coming up this weekend, right? Yeah. You know, incredibly important corner. So it's a good problem to have for Penn State. Uh, and, you know, I think we, every year we do this, right? We're trying to figure out how all these players could fit, and they always make it work. Um, of course, some of these guys will fall through, but – uh, yeah, I think Chance Robinson, definitely keep an eye on him and uh, and Nick Marsh as well. So I want to share this here on uh, screen. This is something that I, I worked on last week. I spent almost an entire day uh, looking at all the receivers, not only what they are, but like how they fit on the board. And uh, and this is the this is the vid- this is uh, what I put together in terms of positional breakdown as well as where they rank. You know, in in the uh, in their individual positions so for those that don't know the x receiver position um the z receiver position and then the slot receiver position x receivers big bodied guys they play on the short side of the field one-on-one physical guys speed's great if you can have it for that position just giving you a quick breakdown of the different skills z receivers interestingly um as I've been digging into some of this stuff and looking at some of the advanced data, Z receivers are kind of the lead receiver in college football because they play on the field side and you just, you want to take advantage of that space. It is an advantage for the offense. So, but Penn state has gotten way too many Z receivers where, as you can see, I put down a secondary position for all these guys, too many Z receivers that are slot receivers and not enough guys that can play on the outside where if they don't work on the outside at one of the positions they can flip to the other Penn State's been flipping a lot of guys into the slot so with what we saw from Peter Gonzalez his film is good the testing numbers uh check out Penn State could literally get three of their top three realistic uh X receivers in this class with Nick Marsh Jalen Hornsby Peter Gonzalez like I think it's a it's a I don't want to say it's a shoe-in that Hornsby's going to be a Nittany Lion, but all the signs point to that. Nick Marsh already has several RPM picks in for him to be a Nittany Lion, and Peter Gonzalez, you know, if Penn State is serious about pursuing him, I think that is, this is huge for the Nittany Lions this year with Marcus Higgins. This isn't all of their top targets that are Z receiver or X receivers. Like, if Ryan Wingo was in, interested in being a Nittany Lion, he would be at the top of this list. There's some guys that, you know, this is the realistic list, but out of their realistic X receivers... 
they could get their top three on this list. And I think that, you know, with a couple guys down here, Thomas McCoy as well is a guy that has some of that um, position flexibility. So then you go into, you still want to take some of those other guys. Chance Robinson, I think, could play X. He plays X in high school, but he's a... Um, just because of the, the the body type and they want to get bigger, Chance Robinson to me here, I put him as a Z receiver because he's six one, uh, a bit more of a complete combo type receiver. And then a guy that I think might have the best film of anybody on this list outside of Robinson is Rico Scott, who I know that they're going to pursue until the very end, until the sun explodes, uh, to try and get him away from Alabama because he is an an excellent in-state prospect. I think he's a super, um, a super prospect that is not getting enough attention. So there's five guys right there that I think you could make a chance. You, you can make a case are like priority receivers. And we didn't even talk about slot receivers like Tysier Denmark and Jure Hawkins. So the board is full of, I think, realistic guys that they can take. So that's going to be very interesting what they prioritize when they're going through all of this. Um, and you know, some of these guys did have to flip, but can you get those guys? I think it sets up really well where before a little murky about this stuff, but with, with Gonzalez working out and with Nick Marsh trending towards Penn state, this puts the lines in, in a great position heading into the summer at receiver where it was a bit, I feel like it was a bit tedious. It was a bit on the edge. There's teetering on the edge, uh, this spring. For the record, everybody, I did not have my thing or my laptop charged, and T Frank did an incredible job Are filling you? a minute of space there. <laughs> I just want to give you props because that was my dumb fault. I had to run upstairs, grab my charger. Good job, T Frank. That was a great job filling filling space there. But no, I mean you're right with with everything you said there. You know, one other, I mean, they're they're still look, they're they're pushing hard to try and get Rico Scott up here at some point. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna happen this month. He's committed to Alabama, right? So be careful, right. kid. Uh, you know, on potentially, but they they they're they're still trying with with Rico. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see where things go. You know, there are some names in Florida that we you know we'll we'll keep to the message board right now that they're chipping away at. You know, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that final weekend in June, you know, there's a kid or two popping up that we're not really talking about right now, but that they're they're pushing for. You know, the, especially in Florida, man, there's like a hundred plus, uh, you know, quality players down there, and like forty of them are like athletes, right? So there's yeah. going to be like this random name in Florida that's going to pop up at some point. Just just wait for it. Somebody asked me the other day, is a three star in Florida better than a three star in Pennsylvania? And like I was thinking about it, it's like no you know because like if you're a three-star athlete that's a little bit raw and there's a bunch of guys like Caleb Bruhler is a is a great uh athlete like he's a right. really good athlete I I wonder if I have a picture of him here from yesterday but he's 290 pounds of pure muscle like he is a really well-built kid and uh he he moves really well he is really strong by all accounts so I, I you know that as far as a three-star in Florida, that's a competitive three-star. I think he's better than some of the three three and four-star offensive line prospects that Penn State was in on uh, from Florida. But the depth of guys in Florida, like 119 in Florida, is very different than 119 in Pennsylvania. So oh, I yeah. guess if you said on average is a three-star prospect in Florida better than a Pennsylvania three-star prospect, I think the depth of talent there in that low four to high three-star range, that is where you can get some of those underrated guys that are super athletic that can kind of pop up and surprise you. For um, sure. I mean, the one yeah, thing I'll add, too, is like – the what. Uh, 
you know, Florida has like spring practices and stuff like that, you know, and that stuff matters. You know, there's a reason all these colleges do spring practice. They, a lot of Southern schools have spring practices that that stuff uh, adds up, you know, when it just comes to, 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 you know, more time to train and things like that. And, and the depth there alone, you know, you like, there aren't too many leagues in Florida where like, you're not playing at least one or two division. If it's not division one FBS, it's, you know, FCS level, yeah. uh, you know, on, on, on any given night where, you know, up here, you know, I'll just take the the local schools for example. I'm in Harrisburg, but you know, there's there's a handful of Division one guys. But every team you're playing doesn't have you know one or two guys that are going to go anywhere from a Delaware to a Penn State level. So I think yeah. that's kind of the, the difference there as well. But I mean, hey man, there's there's great athletes all over the country, right? You just you just got to find them, and you know that's why we try and find these testing numbers all the time to figure out how good these athletes actually are. Yeah, uh, see Paul King in the chat. He says, "Great job, guys, donating uh, to the channel." Always appreciate that. My appreciate guy, it. you make my day. Thank you so much. And thank you for the kind words. Uh, we have a question here from Xander. Uh, coming off official visit weekend, he asked, do you think Penn State is leading with Chris Cole? What, what do you know about that situation, having not had a chance to talk to Chris? No, but, I did. Um, oh, I you did? did? Oh, great. Yeah. So, yeah, so what, do you, what do you got that you want to share here? <laughs> yeah, well, T. Frank, I can tell you've been out of it because I posed that like seven this morning. So you're, uh, I know you've been prepping for the show all day. You've been sending me, uh, you know, you, well, I don't know, you sent me a rundown like two hours ago. So we're we're trying to catch up after camp yesterday. So you're excused on that one, buddy. Uh, you know, so I, yeah, I posted a story on Chris this morning. We talked late last night. Look, I think this is a situation where if Georgia's going to take him, he's going to go to Georgia. And mm-hmm. how can you fault a kid right now for you know if Georgia wants you? I don't know how you can really poke yeah. holes in that just because of obviously one what they're doing on the field and winning and all that stuff but two you know Georgia's one of those schools that are just developing guys like you you cannot play at Georgia for three years and then play your final two and end up being a first round draft pick like that's just you can play part-time sure. on that defense and get drafted in the right. first round half right. of their defense plays 400 snaps a year and gets <laughs> goes in the first round Right. So we're going to find out here in two weeks. He goes to Georgia in two weeks. Uh, he has a visit to Miami as well for the final week. Uh, he, he was supposed to go to Notre Dame this upcoming weekend. That's not happening now. Talking about Tennessee and Vatek. So those are the big takeaways. I mean, you know, visit went well, hung out with Tony Rojas, enjoyed the guys, you know, all this, all the normal talk that you hear from players coming out of these visits. But I mean, I think the main thing is, yeah, Penn State has a real chance if, if Georgia fills up a linebacker, but you know, at the end of the day, if he gets down there for that visit, he sits down with Kirby Smart on whatever that would whether that be June 18th, I believe it is. So two Sundays from now uh, and Kirby's, you know, down to take him. It's hard for me to not seeing that happen. Yeah, and that's going to be that linebacker spot. If it's just one, given that we talked about maybe six receivers, seven to offensive linemen, seven defensive linemen, like you got to cut places somewhere in that that linebacker spot might be one of the areas where Penn State just takes one more. Uh, and, you know, I, I, that's going to be something I'm very interested to watch for the rest of the summer, given the the other linebacker prospects they have on the board. Let's shift our focus back to camp, though. Other guys mm-hmm. that stood out to you uh, and me, we'll go down some of the names that uh, – some odds and ends as well in terms mm-hmm. of things we found out yesterday from uh, from practice. Uh, let's start with Caleb Brewer because, as you mentioned, going through camp as an offensive lineman – uh, not surprising, but it is notable that he was an offensive lineman yesterday. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – did Caleb test yesterday? I mean, I haven't seen – I mean, you know, we saw him run a 40 or two, but I don't – I don't I don't know that he tested T-Frame. I don't – I didn't hear any yeah. testing numbers at least. I just don't – I don't know what feedback we have from that perspective. But the big takeaway is, yeah, he worked out as an offensive lineman. And for however many weeks now, you know, we've been saying uh, D-line's a possibility, O-line. You know, I think, I think when he committed, Sean and I basically were saying like – 
60% chance, 70% chance he's an O lineman, you know, 30, 40% chance he's a D lineman. It's kind of a situation where uh, they just, he's a good athlete. They, they, they're, they're not going to pass up on the best athletes in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there were times last year where his defensive line film was as impressive or more uh, than his O line film. And, you know, remember, he, he basically was a tight end for them, but they run a wing yes. T. So, uh, you know, we got to see him, you know, really run a lot. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's certainly, like I said, a, a very good athlete. So I just think it's going to be a situation where they're going to see where he develops this year and and, and kind of go from there. But I, working out as a no lineman wasn't a surprise because I, I figured that's kind of where they would lean. But again, it's, you know, they, they, they like what he brings there athletically. And, um, you know, they, they need they need athletic guys uh, on that defensive side as much or more than the offensive side right now when you look at who they brought in last year and, and so on. Yeah, I think it's just, if you watch the video again, I was marveling at these while missing offensive linemen because Javen Williams was the same way of like, how is that dude so like big and moves so well? And Caleb Brewer is, he's a unit. This dude is six foot four, 290, uh, 85 to 90 pounds. And he is trim. Like he is a fit guy with defined muscle, like muscular structure. This isn't a baby faced guy that he, like, he's just, he is going to be an effective football player on one of the offensive or defensive lines. It's just, you know, where is that skill set with some of his limitations from a frame perspective? Where's that going to fit best? Uh, I think that's going to be, to me, that determines a lot of what, what, um, how you, how you hide some of those things is going to, and, and accentuate the strengths is the best way you can do that. But as an athlete, you mentioned defensive tackles in Penn State's defense, they got to be able to move. You have got to be able to get to the second level as, as a guard as well. Mm -hmm. And just one thing I want to add too is Caleb Brew is a really good wrestler too, and they really like some of that leverage that they've seen him as a wrestler. And that, you know, it, not that it doesn't translate offensively, but I, I think sometimes it, 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 it could help. Uh, you know, with your with your hands and knowing leverage, it helps a little bit more on the defensive side. I mean, Caleb, Caleb, I believe, you know, he had he had some sort of injury. I don't know if it was his wrist or shoulder. I forget which one it was, but he had an injury that kept him out of like progressing through the state championship wrestling tournaments this year. I'm not sure where exactly he would have ranked and all that, but you know, I just know he had to cut his wrestling tournament short. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll be curious to see this upcoming year. Then, you know, what what he's able to do in a state like Pennsylvania, where you know wrestling is, uh, you know, this is the best state uh, in the country for wrestling. So yeah. just keep that in mind. You know, he's a very good wrestler, knows how to use leverage, and uh, that's something that they really liked about Caleb. I mean, that was a big part of of taking him. Uh, what did we learn about Anthony Specka yesterday? Yeah, uh, Specka. So you know, the, the, what's been the talk about Specka the whole time, right? Uh, you know, very good fundamentally, all those kind of things. But you know, how fast is he? Came in, ran a four seven yesterday, which at two hundred fifteen pounds is pretty pretty damn good, guys. I, I yeah. was very happy to see uh, what the the kind of numbers that he put up because he's never really tested before. He's never really done any camps. Uh, you know, he's been a guy that Penn State's been on for a very long time, but I don't think he's ever really gone to an Under Armour or the opening back in the day or any of those kind of things. Uh, so to run a four seven, I thought was was very good for Specka. Uh, also had an excellent broad jump. Uh, just yep. missed 10 feet. You know, Peter Gonzalez is the only guy there that hit 10 foot yesterday in, in the broad jump. And, um, you know, Specka was just a couple inches behind him. So, yep. you know, what does the broad jump measure? It measures explosion. What What's one of the most important positions for explosion? Linebacker. So I, linebacker I thought he too. had a really – 
Yeah, I thought that he had a short really good area day. explosiveness. Sorry to cut you off. That short area yeah. explosiveness for a Mike linebacker is so important. And you're right, like his his explosive metrics. Again, that that matches what you see on film. Where are you certain he's fast sideline to sideline? Maybe not, but in the box, this is a guy that can get downhill quickly. And uh, two fifteen, it looked great. Like looked really good yesterday in terms of fitness level and ability to move. So again, some of those some of those questions about size movement skills they're still they're still there in terms of like the overall picture this isn't a guy that's going to be tony rojas in terms of his overall profile with freak numbers but really good for his position really good for what he's going to be asked to do um mm -hmm. and that's why tony rojas and abdul carter are outside linebackers you know they're yep. they're being asked to stretch the field uh anthony speck is going to be asked to shut down the a and b gap and obviously he'll drop in coverage and things like that but yep. um you know what they want him to do is be that thumper to make sure uh you know short yardage situations he, he's there and you know again not that the broad jump means he's going to be excellent at that but you just you really like seeing the explosion from there uh, and, you know, fundamentally, he's always been, you know, very, very sound. So, I mean, there's a reason that Anthony Specka was one of Manny Diaz's most important linebacker targets. I mean, I remember someone telling me it was like last year, like if Specka was a 2023 guy, like they would have taken him last year. Uh, it's is kind of my point with that. Like he's always been very high on Diaz's board. So just getting testing numbers uh, was big because we've never had them for Specka. You know, he's, he's, I, I feel like he's kind of in that Egan Boyer uh, mold right now where he's one of the more underrated guys in this class. Uh, so yep. being able to get testing numbers and sharing those with Charles and our, and our rankings team, you know, uh, yeah, that should, that should only help him moving forward. A uh, quick note, I just want to take a quick pit stop. I was watching not just the players that were uh, competing yesterday, but also the Penn State players. And this year's uh, Drew Shelton Award of, oh, damn, he got a lot bigger, goes to Tony Rojas. Now, mm -hmm. Drew Shelton was still there, and oh, damn, he got a lot bigger. But Tony Rojas, uh, you know, he's standing there with Tamir Robinson. And at this point, I'm not sure which dude is bigger. <laughs> it's amazing the transformation he's made since his senior year of high school to what he is right now, where he is full on linebacker mode. And he looks like he has been in the weight room. And, and James Franklin's comments about, I don't know how you gain 29 pounds of good weight that quickly, but he did it. I, that checks it like eyeball test. That absolutely checks out. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a legit 220 now, came in at yep. 190 something, you know, one, we'll say 195, rounding it out somewhere in that ballpark. But uh, yeah, guys, Tony Rojas is going to be on the field this year, and he's it's going to be a lot of fun watching him, Curtis Jacobs, yeah. Abdul Carter. Uh, oh, man, football's so close. What are we, 90 days away? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, other guys, Ethan Long was the guy we were talking about and following. So tell us what uh, he did yesterday. Yeah, uh, really impressive-looking safety prospect out of New England. I think he's going to be one of the next top prospects uh, to come out of New England. Uh, just look at some of his recent offers, guys. Pull up his Twitter feed. Pull up his on-three profile. Uh, Notre Dame, Michigan were some of the more recent schools to jump on board. Penn State offered uh, you know, not too long ago uh, as well. I think he has Michigan State, uh, Maryland, a couple others. But uh, the thing to know is you know, he camped last year at Penn State, uh, ran really well, love his size, all that kind of stuff. I mean, checks out legit 6'2", 190-ish. Uh, came up yesterday, didn't really improve on his 40 number, still like a 4'7 guy, which again, he's young, right? I mean, he's got two plus years to improve on that. Um, but yeah. at 6'2, 190, like that's not bad either. I don't, I don't, I think people always think like 4'7 and above is bad. Like 4'7 is kind of like that cutoff point, right? Like if you're yeah. running a 4'7, you're, you're a sophomore rising junior, uh, or, or you're, you know, a linebacker like Specka, for example, like 4'7 is where it's like, okay, you, you want to see that. 
uh, or, or below. And and for, for Ethan Long, he still has you know plenty of time to improve on that number. But uh, also just really well moved really well in space. I mean, as I didn't know a ton of the defensive backs there, so I watched him the majority of the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, just one of those guys, that's just a natural, right? I mean, just, just kind of easy, you know, looking back at the ball, whatever it is, like it just all kind of came really easy to him. So I think there's a really good chance that we're talking about Ethan Long in a year from now is, you know, someone they're bringing in for an official visit or someone they're pushing really hard for, um, you know, when it comes to other things too, like the shuttle, the broad jump, those drills. I mean, he, he was like top 10 for all categories. So yeah. uh, remembering the name Ethan Long, Brunswick School uh, out of New England. Uh, another guy I want to, I'm going off script here, but uh, I was looking at this this morning and uh, this guy jumped out immediately to me in the in the lineup as well at safety, Braswell Thomas. Now, I'm a little murky on if he's a 26 or if he's a 25, and that will determine a little bit of like his long-term in, uh, interest, but uh, good testing numbers, you know, not great testing numbers, I would say, but good testing numbers, good size, and uh, like I said, depending on what position, you know, what year he is, uh, in terms of uh, 25 or 26, this is a guy that uh, looked the part yesterday. I didn't get to see him do a lot of the testing, but ran a, a decent 40, had the size, and kind of where you start with this, Ryan. Like, you know, you got to uh, first identify who looks like a football player out there mm-hmm. and then who looks like a Penn State football player out there, and then you can go from there of finding more information out. So he's one guy that stood out to me. Yeah, Broswell earned an offer from Penn State. Um, I think it was in March. I think he came up for a visit in March, and then he returned for... The blue-white game, uh, I believe. Uh, he's a 2025 uh, guy. Yeah, he's definitely a 2025 guy. And, uh, you know, at one point I thought he would maybe be a receiver. It looks like he's going to be more of a, of a safety here moving forward. But, you know, has a handful of quality offers. Uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Nebraska, a couple other schools, right? I mean, so he's he's certainly been on the radar. Um, sadly, I didn't know he was there until like towards the end yesterday. I feel bad on that one because I usually do a pretty good job looking at that list. Uh, but I woke up so early trying to write three commitment stories and say I'll track everything. <laughs> but I didn't do a great job going through the list yesterday. But yeah, I didn't, so I didn't get to watch a ton of uh, you know uh, Broswell. But uh, yeah, he's been on the radar for a little while now. Um, certainly a guy I need to learn a little more about. But uh, you know, tested well as you said. So round us out here. Who are the other guys that you're looking at, you, you noticed and you want to talk about here on the show? Well, Grunk was back. Uh, Ethan Grunkmar. We haven't mentioned mm-hmm. him yet. Uh, you know, no testing or anything, but we know we know what Ethan's done. He's been two camps at Penn State now, did uh, Under Armour camp, did Elite 11. You know, he's a solid 4A kind of guy. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter for quarterbacks, right? Let's. I mean, yeah. he needs to be able to move, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's how well he throws. And that's we saw a lot of the same things yesterday that we saw at the elite 11 uh, really throws well uh, on the move. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like those are supposed to be the hardest throws and they kind of come off as the easiest throws they have at times, which is, which is interesting, but uh, it was good to see him yesterday throwing with, he didn't get, we didn't get to see him throw with Peter as much as we thought just because Peter wasn't really doing those one-on-one drills as much as we were hoping for, for, you know, B-roll and film purposes. But uh, uh, you know, Gronk, Gronk looked fine. Um, trying to think of a few other guys we've got to mention here. I'm looking down through my list. We did, uh, you know, here's a guy. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to I was going to suggest Darian Williams. Yes. Yeah. That's so let me, I'll hit on Darian first. Uh, 2026. Is he a corner? Is he a wide receiver? I know when we were watching, we, we all thought wide receiver was kind of where he looked a little more natural. Uh, he's a young kid though, uh, down from Florida. So whenever you're coming up here, um, you know, as, as what he's going to be a sophomore this year, uh, coming up to camp, right? Like there's, 
there's a reason he's up here, right? And he's yeah. certainly that I think uh, Penn State's going to pursue down the road. Another guy who ran really well, you know, sub four four, you know, sub four five four four range. Like he's, he's going to be, he's going to move really well. He's going to be a, I don't know if he's going to be a top prospect or anything like that. But there's a reason Penn State has him has him coming up here. So keep an eye on him. But T Frank, here's a kid we haven't discussed yet that I was just kind of discussing. Uh, with some people before we did this. His name is Saxton Suhanik, I believe it is, uh, from Central uh, York. So, yes. So he's a local guy um, that I didn't know a ton about. <clears throat> Excuse me, 2025, camped really well yesterday. Um, just going through, um, you know, just talking to people and how he tested. I wish we would have – I would have seen him more, you know, as far as field drills because that's something I, I got to get a better feel for how he performed. But, you know, just from a testing perspective, really stacked up. You know, as you would expect, right? You know, four fives and, you know, doing shuttles in the four four range, just kind of those things that, that you expect to see from young defensive backs. Uh, and he stacked up really well. And, oh, by the way, size, 6'2", 180. Like, there you go. Yep. You got the long reach. You got everything you want there. Uh, and, oh, by the way, he's from Central York. So let's keep an eye on Saxon here. Uh, I made sure to, to give him a follow today because I think he's going to be a player we're talking about here uh, in the months ahead. I was – so just how it worked out, you know, we, we're not allowed to go wherever we want. You have to stay mm-hmm. within certain areas. And I was a, around the DBs when they were running 40s. And he was a guy that immediately, like when I was watching them warm up and running a 40, he was a guy that I starred. But we, the defensive backs then when they go into the field drills were on the other side of the field. So I couldn't follow that group throughout the day. Plus, we're looking at the guys for the 2024 class, but mm-hmm. he was absolutely one that I I had an eye on as well. That he's going to be, uh, you know, quality prospect for Penn State. Yeah, no offers yet, which actually kind of surprised me a little bit when I was going through. But you know, he has done some visits to other schools and stuff, and uh, you know, I just think as he gets out and does more camps this year, I don't think he's did any Under Armour or any of those kind of camps, which. Uh, you know, you got to get invited to those. So that's that's part probably part of the reason why. But I just think as more word gets out on him, you know, because he's he's not going to just camp at Penn State. I'm sure he's going to go to I would I would assume he's going to go to Rutgers, Maryland, some other schools throughout the region as that word begins to travel. Uh, and then, you know, obviously they'll watch his first, th- you know, three, four five games of the season. Just don't be surprised at all if he's picking up some offers here in the fall because uh, testing wise and stuff really looked pretty good. So last uh, last call for guys that you want to mention because we got one final segment uh, to get to, and that is the result of all of this. Did, did Penn State offer anybody yesterday? So anybody else you want to shout out before we get to that? Um, not too much. I mean, Alexander uh, Haskell is going to be a good prospect. Defensive end came up from St. Yep. Joseph's Prep. Uh, keep an eye on him. He's a 2026 guy, you know, but a good size, moved pretty well. I think he'll be someone we're talking Great about. Great through the D-line drills. Really yeah. good through the D-line drills. Looked like he was he's well-coached and has a lot of positional skill. Yeah, I need to learn more on Dominic Toy. He's kind of the only 2024 guy we didn't hit on. Uh, you know, just I've heard mixed things on how he tested and, and things like that. But uh, he's a guy that I think, you know, I need to I need to speak with people that uh, worked with him all here. Not not Deion Barnes. I came off as if I'm going to hit up Deion Barnes. That's not how it works, yeah. guys. But, uh, you know, people that actually had a better feel for how he was on, uh, you know, field drills and stuff like that yesterday. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see I, how that shapes up. Um, I can actually help there because I was I was right. In, I was. You know, ten oh, feet from him during the during the field drills. Very raw, like just like you okay. see on film. Very raw. Look, you know, one of the things I was really impressed with, by the way, as a, t- as a bit of a side note, is Dion Barnes is an excellent communicator. So not just with Toy, but like when guys were going through a drill, um, 
he immediately noticed what they did wrong, how to correct it, and gave like specific instructions. And I know you would say like, well, duh, he's a college football coach, but not every college football coach is like that. Not every mm -hmm. college football coach is a great communicator and is so instantly perceptive about what a guy is, is doing and not doing. And Toy, um, I personally think he's a little bit tight and seeing him up and close in person, I, that was a lot of the issues he was working through. But also, he just, all the technique he was doing, it looked like it was the first time. So it was also hard to get a read on him in that environment. So I think he's very much a guy that they're going to have to continue to watch and continue to, I don't want to say work with, but like see how he develops. There's still some development there, I'd say, to go before really anything else can happen. Um, yeah, testing numbers were okay. That was the other thing is he's a he's a he's a project player, so he's got all of the size and length and all those things. Testing was okay, but also he didn't I watched his 40 his technique was bad. So he's going to run slower than he actually is because his technique was bad. So it's like, it is just project from start to finish really with toy. Okay. All right. About the future of Penn state is a lot of excitement. This is a really, really important day to a bunch of young men and their families. And they put out a couple of offers yesterday, including an offensive lineman, I think for 2026. So what information do you have on, on the guys that we have here for this segment? His first offer, Marlon Bright. I don't know much because this was his first real offer. I mean, Bucknell offered him, right? And then you go, how, how crazy has got to be to get a Bucknell offer on May 2nd and then a Penn State offer a month later, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I actually know some people at Bucknell, like, uh, you know, just obviously those programs aren't really on the same level right now. But uh, 6 5 240, I think that's the main thing you got to know out of DePaul Catholic, uh, young up and coming uh, offensive line prospects. Just, you know, size stacks up, tested okay, you know, but he's, he's, he's obviously pretty young. And yeah. um, to me, this is a hey, look, you look like you have the potential. We're going to offer you now. You know, these are we got to see how you grow. We got to see how you do academically. We got to see all these things before this is a, a committable offer, as we like to call it sometimes. But, you know, this is how Penn State does it now, man. They, they hand out a ton of offers with, I don't want to say conditions, right? It's just we want to see how you progress and, and things will go from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think they were really impressed with his size and, you know, coachability, things like that. Uh, and then the only there, I think there was another one yesterday. Do you have anything on Amari Irvin? Uh, another young kid, right? Uh, I don't have him yeah. in front of me at the moment, so I apologize. I don't know a ton. Um, I'm trying to remember. Where is he from? Is he a Florida kid? I think he was a Florida kid, I want to say. Um, here, I'm pulling him up now. Yeah, 5'11", 188, running back. 2027, I guess, which I don't know. Is that <laughs> there like, was a I couple of running backs be in school, um, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> they so, they were way I mean, far away. Uh, sorry yeah. to talk over you. They were so far away from me for most of the day that I didn't get a good look on any of the running backs this year. But uh, oh no, he was. Yeah. I don't think he was at camp yesterday, T. Frank. I think that was. Just oh, oh, I'm sorry. Out. Okay. Um, like you know, just just a normal offer. I, I don't believe he was at camp yesterday. Um, because I think that offer, I think that offer was actually Saturday. Uh, just, okay. just, just to clarify, but um, you know, it, it, again, twenty twenty seven running back offer. I mean, he's got Oregon. I saw Oregon was another school that offered, which is which is interesting. So, I mean, he's, he's clearly going to be the real deal. He's got he's got actually a couple others, Nebraska and Louisville as well. So, um, you know, something there's something there, but uh, we'll talk about him in twenty twenty six. And just as we always do with Beyond Bless, this segment is a mixed bag. We good yes. stuff on Marlon Bright and then Amari Irvin. Never heard of him. Thought he was at camp. Definitely wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we get out of here, Ryan? Um, 
keeping an eye on visitors throughout the week. That'll be something I'm working on here over the next four, 24 hours. Uh, you know, just unofficial visitors, right? Obviously, the next official visit weekend, this upcoming weekend, will be massive. 20-plus players. Uh, it'll feature the majority of the committed kids, though. So I think it'll actually be less uncommitted kids uh, than this past weekend. But I, there's going to be guys added to it. Just, I mean, how many, what, they added like three kids over the last, what, 48 hours or so leading into, into Friday. So, uh, same old, same old, man. Getting recaps. You know, we're going to catch up with Peter Gonzalez, hopefully recapping some of the other guys. I got Jalen Hornsby, who I'm really supposed to be calling in one minute from now. So uh, we got it. We got a ton on our plate. And uh, it, this is look, man, if you're ever going to subscribe, I know we do this all the time. It's a dollar for three months right now. Like genuinely, uh, if there's ever a time to subscribe, it's for all the news that's going to come over the next 30 some days. Yeah, and uh, you've been pumping that one. I think 50 bucks for the entire year might even be a better that's great deal too. Yeah. Because- you get you get a full year of access uh, for for an extreme discount. So what, with it, whichever way you want to go, we got your information. And I don't normally do this until I got it in the bag, but I've been working on this one for about two and a half weeks now. I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. Uh, Brad Mandler and I are going to be talking here in just a little bit. That's going to be on the Wednesday show, the Blue White Illustrated Live, uh, which is normally our football show specifically Penn State football uh so we're gonna be talking about about Ethan Grunkmeyer Drew Aller quarterbacks I love talking to Brad Mandler he is such a great resource in terms of what's actually going on in the quarterback position so you're gonna learn a whole lot when we talk to him that's coming up later this week so stay tuned for that I'm Thomas Frankhart that is Ryan Snyder we gotta get going because there's so much more stuff we're bringing to you uh here from Blue White Illustrated so subscribe wherever all the things we'll talk to you in just a little bit